Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We're glad you're with us around the state and online, wherever you're tuned in. Welcome to another edition of the program. Hunter Stanley is about to join us, one of the pitching aces for this Golden Eagle baseball team of 2021 and, of course, uh, in previous years as well. Uh, Kelly's out today. Luke and I are looking forward to our conversation with Hunter Stanley. Also got some exciting news about some uh, guests already lined up for next week, so uh, we're all excited about that. We'll share that with you momentarily. First, I want to thank Dickie's Barbecue for sponsoring the show. They're great supporters of the Eagle Hour, and we're grateful to them for that. Great place to eat seven days a week right here in Hattiesburg. The food is always fresh, delicious. And they can cater any event for you, large or small as well. So keep that in mind the next time you have an event. All right. I don't need to tell anybody who listens to this show every day about this young man. He was really an outstanding, tough, tenacious Friday night starter for the Golden Eagle baseball team all year. Had a great career at Southern Miss. Has just recently finished that. And uh, we welcome Hunter Stanley to the Eagle Hour. Hunter, uh, quite a year, wasn't it? Quite a ride. It was awesome, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, yeah, it was a great season. Uh, you know, I wish we could have done more, but um, you know, if I was a if I was a baseball fan of Southern Miss, you know, I'd be really excited about where this program's going and uh, you know what the future holds. So, no question about that. What a year for you! I mean, you go um, you go seven. You get let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven games where you pitch seven or more innings. Twice you go eight innings. And we, what was the, uh, what was the secret? And, and well, let me just back up and say this. Obviously, you you were a great relief pitcher before this year. Give us the scenario that uh, you and Coach Oz decided you were going to move from uh, from relief to starting, and then tell us what was the secret sauce that made it such a great year for you. Yeah, um, you know, it kind of made that transition um, really last summer um, coach Oz had had kind of talked with the coaches and they, they all thought, you know, they wanted me to start um, this coming season. So, you know, he, he wanted me to go play uh, a little bit during the summer and I did. And, you know, I started, I got back used to starting. Um, I started, you know, when I was in high school and uh, in junior college as well. But, um, you know, my first two years at Southern Miss, I uh, was coming out of the pen. So it was definitely uh, definitely a, a change, you know, a transition to going from roll to roll there. Um, you know, being a closer or, you know, coming out of the pen, it's definitely a different mindset um, as far as, you know, when you're coming out of the pen, you know you're not going to be in there for, for that long usually. Um, and that was kind of my mindset as a closer. You know, I just come in and, uh, give it everything I got um, 
for however many outs, three outs, six outs, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it was definitely, you know, a tough transition there for a while. Um, we worked on it a lot this fall, you know, in inner squads and stuff. Um, and then early spring as well, um, making that change. But, you know, it was coach, you know, all the credit goes to Coach Oz, you know, just getting me ready for that, for that role. And, um, you know, I knew that he knew that I could do it. So, uh, you know, just, just making that change during the fall and then the early spring and, you know, ramping up my pitch count, um, going into the season really helped. So, well, you were outstanding this year. There's really no other way to put it. What, what, what made it? I won't say it was easy. I know it wasn't easy for you, but but what made it so fluid for you, Hunter? Because you just uh, you just seemed to have a rhythm every time you went on the mound. Yeah, um, you know when I first got here, um, I don't think Coach Oz really expected me to turn in to what I did this year. Uh, and and me and him had talked about it, talked about that, you know, a couple of days ago, actually. And he told me that. But, um, you know, I've, I've worked really hard since I've been here. And, um, you know, this past summer I was able to develop a pretty good changeup. So having three pitches there, you know, is always more of an advantage when you're starting. Um, just because you can go through the lineup um, twice, three times, you know, whatever you need to. And, and you still got another trick up your sleeve. So, um that was really the big thing for me this year is developing a third pitch. And um, I don't know, you know, I've, I've just always been a, a strike thrower. I've always been in the zone. So, and that's what coach Oz preaches to us. You know, he doesn't like walks, uh, freebies, you know, that, you know, I, I gave up a few, a few too many homers than I would like this year, but you know, usually no one was on base. So, and, and, you know, I, I think the same could be said for our whole staff, you know, we led the country in strikeout to walk, um, which is pretty tremendous, man, you know. And I, I think that helped us win a lot of games in the early part of the season when we weren't hitting as well as we wanted to. So, Yeah, no question. Uh, 127 strikeouts and 19 walks. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that's quite impressive. All right, Luke, get in here with uh, one of the great pitchers in Southern Miss baseball. Hunter, um, this is a, a compliment, but you and Walker Powell, Southern Miss didn't have one donkey. They had two donkeys this year. And, uh, you know, the, the spot that you occupied, Walker had occupied it before. I guess from a pitching staff, we didn't have an ace. We had two aces. We had a 1A and a 1B. How did that help you knowing that Walker was thrown in game two throughout this year? Oh, it was, I mean, especially us having the four-game series with having the two seven-inning games on Saturday, I mean, I knew Walker was pretty much going to give us a complete game every time. He, he's just tremendous when he goes out there. He knows how to pitch. He's been here forever. I mean, um, so having him, you know, behind me uh, was was really awesome because I knew I knew what we would get from him, and um, you know, he he helped me a little bit uh, with my role as well on Fridays. Uh, you know, just because he had been there before, and uh, he is a year older than me, so he helped me a little with that. And um, you know, I, th- I think it was a pretty good one-two punch uh, this year. So, 
Absolutely. Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball, he's been on our show um, before. D1 Baseball released today, and and you know about this. I'm just letting our listeners know, and we'll get your comments on it. Uh, Top pitchers in baseball analytically this year, looking at zone control, where you pound it, pitchability, where you put it, and, and how often you put it. Four Golden Eagle pitchers in the top 100. Etheridge at 72, Ock at 62, Powell at 38. And then Hunter Stanley, number two behind Cops from Arkansas. Just let that – Hunter, when, when you saw that, I mean, that, that is unbelievable that you analytically were the second-best pitcher of all of Division One baseball this year. What's your reaction to that? I mean, I, I was pretty pretty shocked. I guess I didn't realize, you know, how good my numbers were at first. Um, but, yeah, man, just, just to have four four of us in the top 100 – at the end of the season. I mean, that is just a testament to our coaching staff and what kind of job they do recruiting wise. And, you know, that's a testament to what we do every day when we go to work, we go to practice. Um, and I think, you know, that's a good sign for next year and the years after that. Um, obviously, you know, Etheridge is going to be back. Ock. Um, May or may not be back. Um, obviously, me and Walker will be gone, but you know, I would not be surprised at all if we saw several more guys um, step up and fill fill some big shoes next year. Or so, Hunter, we got sixty seconds left uh, in this break, but I, I want to give you just a minute before we take a break and bring you back. Talk about Christian Ostrander, what he's meant to you, Coach Oz has just meant everything to me, man. I mean, he, he's been a mentor to me. Um, he's been somebody that has always believed in me. Um, you know, almost as much as my dad, (laughs) but, uh, you know, he, he believed in me when he recruited me here and he's been with me every step of the way that I've grown and evolved over my career at Southern Miss. And, you know, a lot of the mental side of pitching is what he's helped me with. And, Honestly, I I think the mental side is everything. So I don't know if I'll ever be able to repay him for what he's done for me, but he's meant the world to me, and um, he's he's a great a great testament to what Southern Miss is and uh, what the program's all about. So yeah, no question. Uh, we we think he's probably as good a pitching coach as there is in the country. When we come back. Uh, Hunter, I'm gonna. We work for a man who owns part of the Ole Miss Sports Network. I'm gonna tell you what he said about you and your teammates after the regional, and get your thoughts on the regional and and what lies uh, in the future for you. Is that good? You got a few more minutes? Sounds good. Yes, sir. All right, we've got the uh, the great Hunter Stanley on the Eagle Hour, and we are happy to have him. We'll be back more of the Eagle Hour right after this.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We've got Hunter Stanley on the show with us today. Great pleasure talking to this fine young man. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. Great time to go do some Father's Day shopping. They're on Hardy Street right across from the campus. You can, of course, shop them online at campusbookmart.net. As I said, we're talking to... Uh, so Hunter Sandler, let me share this with you, Hunter. Uh, we work for a gentleman who owns uh, 50% of the Ole Miss Broadcast Network, and he called me the Tuesday after the Oxford Regional. He was there for every game, and he told me that Southern Miss, that he had seen every SEC team play this year. Southern Miss was the best team he had seen all year. He put you on. He said the only team I would compare him to is Arkansas, but I've never seen a tougher, more tenacious group of kids on a baseball field as what I watched this weekend. Your your thoughts that uh, w- when you hear people talk about this team you were on in those terms. Yeah, I mean, that that's just, I mean, that's really high praise from someone, especially uh, on an opposing team. Anytime you hear that from someone that you're playing against, uh, it's pretty cool to hear. And, you know, that's what we wanted – to be known for, you know, is a group that, that never stopped fighting, you know, that was, that's blue collar and, you know, earns whatever they get. And that's what Southern Miss baseball has been in the past. And, uh, that's what it is now. And I'm sure that's, that's what it will be going forward. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for us to fight like that in that tournament, um, in that regional with some really good competition, I mean, I, I really think, you know, we kind of opened some people's eyes as to what, you know, where this program is headed um, in the future. Right. No question about that. You beat Florida State and and a really good Ole Miss team in the same day, and Ole Miss on their home field. And we were talking uh, during the break. Uh, I, I can tell you that my Southern Miss friends, uh, we all agreed that night right after the game it, that it just really doesn't get any better than that day. Your thoughts about that day, Hunter? Yeah, it, it was it was really special, man. I mean, you know, the day before we had beat uh, Southeast Missouri, um, and then we had to play Florida State and Ole Miss to stay alive, and we had one win and or one loss, and and we were out of the out of the regional. So, um, you know, we just looked at it as like we got no, we had nothing to lose, uh, and that's how we played. You know, we played loose, we played relaxed. Um, you know, I think the first game against Florida State, we might have come out a little, uh, a little timid in, in some spots. Um, you know, and, and probably waited too late to get something going. Uh, we ended up losing that one, but next three, the next three games, you know, we just decided we were just going to play loose and uh, and have fun with each other and and see what would happen. And, you know, that that day, we, when, whenever you beat an ACC team and an SEC team in the same day, I mean, that's pretty special. So. Right, right, and then the and then in the championship game, you come back and you throw three innings. Uh, just what forty eight hours, I think after after you had thrown a hundred plus pitches. How t- how tough is that to do? It, it was definitely a challenge. You know, I uh, I think I threw a hundred and hundred eight something like that, hundred eight pitches on uh, on Friday, and then uh, you know to come back there on on Monday. Um, it was tough, man. You know. I've I've been used to it before, you know, when I was a reliever coming back on short rest, but um 
whenever you throw that much as a starter and then, you know, you try to come back is definitely a challenge. Um, I, I still felt like I had, you know, pretty good stuff there. I mean, um, of course, gave up a couple homers, but, you know, I think anyone could have got a ball out in that stadium that uh, that weekend. So Yeah, yeah. Well, but, a lot of people were hitting home runs that day, Hunter. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt. It was flying. No question. Luke? Well, Will and Danny stung Nikhazy for, for two, so it washed out. Uh, Hunter, you don't have to worry about that. Talk about uh, your, your offense, particularly two guys, that because you know we, we love to hear on this show the camaraderie between guys. And Gabe Montenegro, would you comment about him and, and then the type of year that Reed Trimble had as his first full season in Division One baseball? Pretty extraordinary. Right. Um, Gabe is... You know, he has been our spark, our table setter. He's the one that gets stuff going uh, offensively for us, and he's been doing that for, God, I don't even know how long he's been here. But he's coming back next year, too. It's incredible. He's he's like Walker. Um, Can't get rid of him. (laughs) So you're breaking – hold on just a second. So you're breaking that on the Eagle Hour. Montenegro is coming back. Yes, he he actually announced it on Instagram, uh, I think, yesterday. So he'll be back and – his brother, uh, Rodrigo, will be here next year as well. There you go. We're happy about that. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, so go anyway, ahead, talk, talk about Gabe and then and talk about Reed. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. Uh, like I said, Gabe was our spark. Um, it's huge. You know, he, he came up so many times this year in big situations and delivered. And, you know, that's a testament to his work ethic and, uh, you know, what he's done in the past here. He's a veteran in the lineup and – you know, that, that helped a lot of our younger guys, um, you know, see what our offense is about. And I think we really started to click there uh, towards the end of the season. Um, and Mr. Reed Trimble, uh, special player, man, special player, true five-tool player. Um, you know, obviously we had the, the shortened season uh, because of COVID last year. And, you know, towards the end of that, uh, we, we kind of saw flashes of what he could do. And, um, you know, I think early on this season he struggled a little bit, but I can't tell you how much better he got as the season progressed. And, I mean, you just look at the numbers. It was incredible. Um, what, 17 homers, almost 350 batting average. I mean, those are some of the best numbers in the country. And, you know, unfortunately, he he probably won't be coming back next year. Um, yeah. But, but – you know, he, he's got to do what's best for him, and uh, we, we'll all be happy for him, you know, no matter what no matter what happens. But, Absolutely. yeah, he, he had an incredible year for sure, and, um, you know, he's just a special player. Right. He is, really is. Well, well, Hunter, turning the page, what's what's next for you? Let our listeners know what, what you're looking forward to in the, in the next few months. Yeah, I mean, right now I'm, I'm focused on, you know, the draft. Uh, July 11th through 13th. Um, I've been hearing some good things uh, from some organizations. Um, Coach Oz has been, you know, asking around, seeing what what he can what what he can find out about people. Um, but you know, I, I think there's a lot of teams that like me, and uh, you know, I've heard some good things about um, being drafted. So um, looking forward to to uh, the draft, and you know, hopefully, I'll hear my name called. So. Well, Hunter, put that in perspective for people who will never experience this. What is this like? 
it, I mean, for me, it, it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, obviously, I've never gone through it before. Um, it's always been a dream of mine to be drafted, but um, two years ago, you know, I had no chance. Uh, last year, uh, I thought I maybe had a chance, but, you know, the draft got shortened to five rounds. Um, and now this year, I mean, and me and Coach Oz have talked about it. I mean, you know, I've really – worked hard on my craft, you know, to grow and develop. And, um, you know, I've gotten a lot stronger and, you know, my, my stuff, my pitches has, has got better uh, since the time I've been here. And, you know, I, I think I've put myself into a, a really good spot, you know, as a legitimate professional prospect. So I'm really excited. Last question for me. What will you remember the most and the most fondly about your Southern Miss career? And what would you like to say uh, to the Southern Miss listeners around the state listening to the show today? Yeah, um, I guess my one of my favorite moments had to be um, winning the, the conference championship two years ago uh, in 2019 in Biloxi. I mean, that any championship you win, you know, you have to celebrate it because uh, you never know when the next one will come. But um, I don't know, man. Just deciding, you know, I, I, I had a choice to make. Um, after COVID, uh, you know, shortened our season, you know, whether I would move on or, or come back to play another year. And I'm, I'm just so thankful that, you know, I decided to come back and, um, you know, I prayed about it a lot, talked to my folks, they helped me out and, you know, I decided to come back and I just, I could not have asked for a better team to do it with. And, you know, I did have a, a really good year numbers wise and, um, we got to the 40 win mark again, which was pretty remarkable. Kept that streak going. You know, obviously our main goal was to go to Omaha. It didn't happen. Um, but you know, excited about the future and just to the fans. Um, I really appreciate y'all support. We all do. Um, you know, I, I can speak for the whole team when I say that, you know, y'all support means the world to us. And, uh, we love, you know, winning for y'all, winning for this program, for this city. And, um, you know, I, I know they'll be excited uh, going forward uh, next year and years to come. So, Well, Hunter, the Golden Eagle Nation loves you. We'll be uh, looking forward to your professional career. Our, our many thanks, and I speak on behalf of our listeners, many thanks to you for your contributions to our program. And uh, best of luck to you, young man. Thank you all very much. Thank you for having me. All right. The great Hunter Thanks, Stanley, Hunter. everybody, on the Eagle Hour. Luke and I will be back to talk more about Hunter Stanley. We've got some big news about guests coming up next week. We're pretty excited about sharing that with you. And uh, we're going to roll right along on the Eagle Hour. Hope you'll stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Hunter Stanley joining us. One of the most magnificent pitching seasons. Bulldog on the mound, gutsy performance in the Oxford Regional. And if you missed that interview, it'll be up later today on demand. Super Talk 
Anchor.fm. Of course, uh, the Eagle Hour, you can always find it on uh, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or on the Super Talk website under the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Appreciate Hunter's time and his contributions. And if you missed it, at the very end of that interview, he, he thanked you, the Southern Miss fan, uh, for uh, w- what you guys mean to to that baseball team. Just a great, absolutely great interview, and appreciate uh, his time. Fourth Street Bar and Grill brings us the third segment of the Eagle Hour on this Thursday and every day. It was fried or grilled pork chop Thursday. I told you about it, and if you missed it, that's on you. But they had fried okra, sweet potato casserole, bread, and a drink. It was only eight ninety five. Don't miss Catfish Friday tomorrow at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Trivia coming back next Wednesday. Good buddy Slade White and his crew over at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. And, and Bob, we're going to continue uh, getting some of these uh, Southern Miss players on. You've been cooking up. We got a pretty awesome, maybe the, I, I did something from India, so maybe that was the first. But mm-hmm. we're going to do the second ever international Eagle Hour interview set for Monday. Tell us about it. That's right. It's going to be Monday. We're going to kick the show off. Uh, We're going to be uh, talking to Gabe and Rodrigo Montenegro live from Guatemala. Uh, We tested out the phone lines this morning. I I want to thank a very close friend, and I I don't have permission to use her name. I probably should have asked her, but uh, she set this up. Uh, She's My source is the, the one that told me a week or 10 days ago that Gabe was coming back, and that same source helped help set this up. But we had a great conversation this morning uh, with Gabe and Rodrigo's dad, who, by the way, Luke, told me that he listens to the Eagle Hour regularly in Guatemala uh, on uh, you know on our podcast. So that that was pretty flattering. So we're just really excited, uh, Gabe and Rodrigo Montenegro, Monday from Guatemala. Uh, it'll be our first ever uh, interview live from Guatemala, obviously. So we're looking forward to that. Also, next Thursday, a, a name you're very familiar with and a legendary name with Southern Miss football, Tyrone Nix, comes back to the Eagle Hour for an extended interview next Thursday. Of course, the guys will be at Parish Tractor tomorrow, and uh, we're really looking forward to that. Going to have a lot of cool stuff down there. But how about that next week already? Gabe and Rodrigo Montenegro and Tyrone Nix in the same week, Luke Johnson. Last uh, last time Gabe was on was when the 2020 season ended. He showed up with his dad. We were doing a remote, and and he was like, I don't know what we're doing. We're not playing today. We're supposed to play FIU, and, of course, that was the end of the 2020 season. So Gabe's right. been on before. Happy to have him back. I, I love Tyrone Nix. At a moment in my life when I was being publicly shamed by the, uh, the Southern Miss football team, uh, Tyrone took up for me. This is in 2003 at the uh, Liberty Bowl. The week of the Liberty Bowl, we had won the conference tournament or the conference championship, and we were getting ready to play Urban uh, Meyer, Alex Smith, and the Utah Utes. And so, what they did was they took us to rendezvous, which is dangerous to to take a football team to rendezvous. But not only did they take us to rendezvous down in downtown Memphis, they had a buffet of <laughs> rendezvous barbecue for the Southern Miss football team. I'm talking about they had ribs. They had, I think they had brisket, they had pulled pork, and, you know, with all of our, with everybody, it's over 100 people in the room, so 
I'm sitting uh, with Derek and and Tyrone. I finished my first plate, and I go back, and I will be honest, that week in Memphis was the the heaviest that I ever played uh, at at Southern Miss. I was 250-plus for the Liberty Bowl. And go back and watch it, the replay of that. You'll look at my waistline and see why. Anyway, so I went back for my second plate, and I started getting ribbed. I started getting different things said to me, people making fun of me, and I sat down, and Tyrone went, Look, you just do your job. You just do your job, and, and we okay. And I was, and Tyrone set me free. It was a terrible impersonation of him, but yeah, he just in his old Tyrone Nick's growl, he told me, "Eat as much as you want, just do your job." And so, uh, it'd be good to, to catch up with him next uh, next Thursday. Um, Bob, our, our friend Andrew Abadie over at Pine Belt Sports uh, published an article earlier today where he anonymously spoke to nine former Southern Miss softball players to try to understand kind of what everybody's been been wondering about what happened uh, during during softball season. Um, HubCitySpokes.com, Andrew, who, who is basically at every Southern Miss um, sporting event, he, uh, uh, of course, was the, the student editor of the Student Prince uh, the sports editor and uh, and does a great job covering Southern Miss sports in print media. He published this today and and uh, it was this morning. It's already been been read two thousand times, and and just glancing through it, hadn't had really time to talk about it. We maybe can can talk more about it next week, but but we heard you know early in the season this just didn't come about like at, at once. It was building. And uh, basically, there was some injuries early in the season, and uh, according to former players, uh, Coach Levan got on the team pretty good, and, and not just getting on them, uh, using inappropriate language with females. And this is the the quote that really bothers me. And again, we're not here to push an agenda on the Eagle Hour; we're just here to to report. Um, when you have that many people leave, let me let me find uh, the the quote actually that that really surprised me. This was from a former player. We're in the middle of a season. We're on a twelve game losing streak, and we have four players leave the team recently. He stopped and asked some of the seniors what we thought of that, and we told him we were really uncomfortable and thought it was inappropriate. He acted shocked that we felt that way and said he always used that, I guess, talking talking like that. Another player said, quote, Coach tore down our mental health. It took such a toll that it put me in the worst mental health of my life. I wasn't sleeping and was put on sleeping medication because I was so anxious. That is what really bothered me about reading the story. And, again, we're just putting it out there. It's there for the world to consume, and obviously it's one side of the story. We're not picking sides on the Eagle Hour. But some some things, Bob, coming to light now, why we saw so much dysfunction you know, on uh, with with Southern Miss softball, and and hopefully it'll be rectified either uh, you know by by the present coaching staff bringing in new players and you know trying to to be have a have a healthy culture there or, or whatever needs to happen. But there's some some stuff coming to light today, and, and it's it's kind of disturbing. Well, it is, and uh, you know we had a lot of questions asked of us uh, by listeners uh, when all of this was uh, taking place. You know, we did ask Jeremy McLean about this the last time he was on the show, and he said, you know, appropriate, you know, consideration would be taken uh, when the season concluded. And I have a lot of trust in Jeremy McLean to do the right thing. Uh, 
Uh, you have to handle, I think it's fair to say, you have to handle young women a little differently uh, than you do young men. I- I'm sure when you were playing football at Southern Miss, uh, you you heard some pretty harsh talk from some of the coaches. But but it's a different world in women's athletics. And, uh, uh, you know, I-, I think anybody anybody would agree with that. We don't know what's going to happen, Luke, but clearly when you lose that many kids, if you lost one or two, you could blame it on the transfer portal, all, all the things that we've all talked about in the past, how kids don't get their way, they want to move on. But when you lose as many players as you lost off of that team, there, there is an undercurrent there and a problem. And I think we all have to give him time, but trust that Jeremy McLean will handle this properly. Yeah, in, in the article, um, Andrew Abadie pulls out that before the Super Regionals and NCAA softball started, 545 players had entered the transfer portal, which if you if you do that across the, the spectrum, that's about two and a half players per program. Southern Miss had 12 that left. Nine chose to transfer, and three quit softball altogether. The highest was actually LaSalle because they cut their softball program. So an active program, Southern Miss had the most. And, and to give our athletic correct, uh, director the credit, he did give uh, Pine Belt Sports a quote. Quote, our goal is for all 400 Southern Miss student-athletes to complete their degrees and grow as individuals while having a positive experience within their respective sports. Unfortunately, several student-athletes within our softball program this year did not have that experience and made personal decisions to continue their academic and athletic athletic pursuits elsewhere, end quote. So Jeremy did, did of course, speak about it, and it's generic at the same token. You know, they know what's going on, and uh, and like you said, um, who, who better to have in a decision-making chair and, and to help coaches set the type of culture that, that is befitting of, of what Southern Miss stands for than Jeremy McClain? I agree completely. Well, I'm sure this will play out uh, probably pretty quickly, and uh, and we'll know moving forward. Uh, quite a change from Wendy Hogue uh, to the present coaching staff, and apparently uh, some of that was uh, obviously less than positive. So as we hear, we'll certainly – report that on the Eagle Hour and maybe get this young man that wrote the article on the show one day. And week yeah, just just that. so you know, Andrew Abadie, Pine Belt Sports, good dude. Um, love Southern Miss. It's hubcityspokes.com uh, from today, Andrew Abadie's article, and uh, you can read it for yourself. Yeah, we'll see about getting him on the show maybe one day next week. All right, we got one more segment to go, and we'll be right back. To the top. Final segment brought to you today by DBAT and D1 Training. They're on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Eight batting cages, great workout facility, 70 yard indoor turf. It's all there at DBAT and D1. They're the home of the Luke Johnson official laser timed 
5.240 yard dash. And we appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour, and they're there to help you. Go to the website, dbathattiesburg.com, because summer camps are coming up and you want to be involved. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. What can we say, Bob, about First Bank? Uh, they have been serving Mississippi for over a 100 years, the home of the Perfect Ten, and uh, they've been with us. From the beginning, been been on board and with with uh, with the Eagle Hour and, and are a great partner to uh, to let uh, the state and the world, as we recently found out, even down in Guatemala uh, about Southern Miss sports. What what a sponsor and what a partner is First Bank. Uh, no question. The uh, the day after we got the go ahead from uh, Steve Davenport and Kim Dillon to create the Eagle Hour. Uh, I went to First Bank. First place we stopped, and uh, that afternoon, uh, an hour after I left, they confirmed they wanted to be a major sponsor, have been since day one. First Bank loves Southern Miss. They love the University of Southern Mississippi. And so, uh, you know, if you want to do business with a bank that supports USM in every possible way, then First Bank would be the bank you'd want to do business with. Not And not to mention, they're the home of the perfect ten. They are. They are. Tomorrow, where are we going to be? going to be at Parish Tractor up on uh, Highway 49 North. They're going to have a Father's Day sale out there, and uh, we're really looking forward to that. It'll be our first trip out there. You, Kelly, and Michael will be there. I'll be back here, of course, in the studio, and uh, we think it's going to be a great day and uh, really looking forward to it. At Parish Tractor on Highway 49 North in Hattiesburg. Looking forward to being at Paris Tractor tomorrow. A couple news and notes. Southern Miss freshman outfielder Reed Trimble earned second-team All-American honors yesterday by the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association. Uh, just another one. He was a freshman All-America for uh, the Rawlings and, and All-South. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Reed Trimble probably will, as Hunter Stanley said earlier, probably not be back. Uh, he's going to make a ton of money. And you want that. You want the young man to make as much as he can, succeed, and be an ambassador uh, for Southern Miss. So we wish him the best. We forgot to bring this up earlier in the week, Bob. Nick Mullins getting to hook back up with Quez Watkins uh, with yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, Nick was in uh, doing an, uh, an interview last night, and, and I, I forgot about this again. Through 16 NFL starts, only one other person has more passing yards than Nick Mullins, and it is Patrick Mahomes. So it's a pretty that? pretty good company for uh, for Mullen. So two Eagles going to join forces at the Eagles. All right, I was doing an interview earlier uh, today, and somebody asked me this question, um, and and I answered it the best that I could. The vision for the Eagle Hour, and and I, I, this is something that we could go spend multiple segments on, but but basically, you found a niche, Bob Getty five, six years ago that no one else was covering and a market, a group of people, a lot of people that bleed black and gold, and, and we look up, and what, five or six years later, we're still doing this every day. Well, that's right. I went to the ownership of uh, TeleSouth uh, a number of years ago and had a sit-down with the owner and president of the company, and uh, and uh, they're both very much aware of the love for Southern Miss, and uh, they have radio stations all here in South Mississippi. I pitched the idea to them. Uh, they bought it right on the spot. They uh, penciled out an hour for us to do this show on multiple Super Talk stations, and then they've been nothing but supportive of us. You know, they've added all the podcasts. Uh, they've done everything they can uh, to help us support the show. And uh, 
you know, we've been lucky, Luke. We've found great sponsors. Many of the sponsors have been with us just about the entire time that we've been on the air. And, uh, boy, the, you know, the reception that we receive from Southern Miss fans is, is pretty good. And, uh, well, it's better than pretty good. We It's been great, and uh, we're grateful for that. So I'm, I'm glad you got to promote that. Hey, look, before we run out of time, i got to tell you this story, Luke. So we have another sports show here on our Hattiesburg and Laurel stations called Inside the Locker Room with Joey Hawkins and Neville Barr. So the guys were in here this morning and actually recording a, a big interview for the uh, sh- their show uh, tonight, actually. You're going you're gonna to appreciate this, Luke. They were interviewing Kirk McCarty, and I, I knew who they were interviewing. So I was in my office, <laughs> and I was l- trying to listen to the interview, and I barely heard the coaches saying anything. They would ask a question and then maybe five or six minutes later ask another question. So if you want to hear that tonight, Kirk McCarty dominated 30 minutes of, <laughs> of the mouth the of the Midwest. Room. Yes, he, he was a dominant force in the interview, I had the impression. He's bringing up all the times where he suggested things on the sidelines and it worked out somehow and he took the credit for it and telling Coach Barr he was right. No, we love Kirk McCarty. <laughs> Probably you could call him not just a bulldog, he's a brilliant bulldog. And uh, we, we appreciate Oak Grove giving him to Southern Miss and, and Southern Miss giving him to the Cleveland Indians. Two studs there. Sandlin continues to roll. They're, they're, the, Cleveland put out today, they're putting out nicknames for, for Sandlin now. They threw out Sandman. I don't want that. That's Mariano Rivera. But Southern Miss fans, go go on Cleveland uh, Baseball's Twitter and, and give give some homespun, homegrown go. nicknames for, for Sandlin. And remember, inside the locker room tonight uh, on Hattiesburg and Laurel Super Talk stations, also on the web on, on both of those Facebook pages, the great Kirk McCarty. All right, Luke and the guys at Paris Tractor tomorrow. We're looking forward to that. Uh, always like taking the show on the road. Until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.